Hey there. So I was remembering right before I was going to push record on this podcast, these wrens that I watched mother these little baby wrens in this cow skull that we had in our backyard that we could just see from our slider. And watching that process of this little nervous mother wren that would go and find something for the baby to eat and then would kind of scoot across the back concrete and would jump up to the nest and look both ways like who's watching you know and just like the level of attentiveness and the level of dedication and tirelessness um, and it looks like in this particular breed, I mean, daddies and mommies were both feeding these babies. And I like got all caught up like I was watching a soap opera and super attached to these babies. But it was such a reminder of the early days of motherhood and just the shock of how demanding it was compared to what I was expecting. I became a mother at the age of 20. I actually had been married since I was 17 and we decided to start trying to have a baby when I was 19. So I got pregnant right away. So I was a super young mother and so I don't know if this plays into it, but it was not the easiest process for me. It caused me to grow up in all the good ways. So I was invited not too long ago to a baby shower and one of the great activities that somebody wanted us to participate in was to write down some advice for the new mommy-to-be. These were some thoughts that I had for a young mommy just getting used to motherhood and first time. So I said to her, begin the habit of daily little family devotions and tenaciously stick with it. So really any kind of habit, right? Because that's the main thing is that you want your household to have a spiritual focus. So if there's certain things that come on TV or certain things that come on over the radio that you would eventually really not want your children to be around it's a really good time to not only bring in the things that will sustain your family throughout the following decades spiritually it's also a great time in life to look around you left and right and really what needs to be jettisoned out of this environment if we are going to be shepherding some souls. So that was number one, just set up all these good habits of, oh, it's time to sit together for a while and talk about the deeper things of life, the more meaningful things of life and listen to God a little bit every day. So number two, Schedule date nights to tend to your love garden. It is what gets you through the hard days. Early parenthood can be stressful on a marriage. And so if you have anyone that you can trade date nights with, maybe you can bring someone else's children in one night a month or one night every other week, whatever the frequency you want, and trade babysitting with another couple so that you also get some time one-on-one -on -one uninterrupted with your spouse to keep feeding that garden that you're going to be growing your family in. Number three, schedule one evening a week for mommy's night out. And man, my husband used to give me like every Thursday night out. And I can't tell you how that helped me to be able, like when my kids were preschool years, to be able to sort of like pace myself that I knew that my chance was coming to go and do whatever I felt like I wanted to do. I mean, it could just be getting groceries or doing a little shopping. It could be meeting a friend at a coffee shop for some girl talk. It could be taking a great hike through the woods, whatever. 
just that I knew that time was coming and it kind of gave a rhythm to my week and I really looked forward to it. Number five, pray and listen to the Bible experience or other audible Bibles during your feedings. I love the Bible experience. It's one of the dramatized Bibles that has like a background sound. So it's almost like you're listening to a Bible movie. I love that it puts the emotion back into the scriptures and Sometimes you're so tired, you're nursing. All you want to do is just close your eyes and not try to juggle a Bible along with the baby. So, you know, having something there in the place where you usually do your nursing that you can just close your eyes and really lean your heart into Jesus and take in his wisdom and truth and beauty into your own soul and feed your soul while baby is also feeding. Number five, free yourself from from concern on how others perceive your mommy skills. This is the one year that you get to do what is easiest in terms of child care according to your own preferences. So there are no long-term consequences for where you prefer the baby sleeps or all those other little decisions. I'm afraid that sometimes we put our best foot forward and go kind of overboard in the earlier parts of parenting so that by the time the teenage years are happening and it's getting toward the end of the teenage years that really the lion's share of our attentiveness and our effort was at the beginning of the parenting process rather than the end. So really job number one in in year one is obviously showing the baby how loved he or she is and that the world is a safe place and that you will always be there to meet their needs. It's about love and bonding and snuggling and all of that will go into their subconscious and do them much good the rest of their lives and learning how to bond in their adult relationships one day. Number seven, collect your favorite photographs in an annual album to be printed at the end of each year. My daughter does this and her kids love looking at their pictures from long ago. And it's so much easier than the photo albums that we used to have back in the 80s that would always kind of turn the photographs yellow and fall apart over time. So now I love that you can just write up captions and this and that. So yeah, photo books that have captions. What a treasure. Number eight, keep enjoying your creative outlets if there's any time at all after your work is done taking care of baby. If you have certain creative outlets, it's I think it's really good to find ways to continue to treat your own brain to some endorphins, some dopamine, (laughs) you know, some serotonin, all of those healthy brain chemicals that flow when you are doing some of the things that you love still. It's okay to take care of yourself so that you can take care of the baby wholeheartedly. The same would go for daily cardio exercise to boost endorphins. These mamas who run around with their baby strollers, I mean, you could probably find one of those like on Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace for a good deal. And ah, what a good idea. You're going to sleep better at night. You know, it gives the baby something interesting to think about. Or you may be able to trade off with another mom, gym time, that kind of thing. So that too is a way of keeping your hormones and your brain chemistry in a good place. And really that was um, my last suggestion, number 10, for your hormones and your brain chemistry. 
Um, if you sense any of those becoming unbalanced after giving birth, just know that antidepressants are not a problem. It is not a moral weakness. This is a physical situation where your brain is no longer producing the chemistry that it was producing before you gave birth. A lot of women need to get on antidepressants for a little while to help remind their brain how to feel normal again. And I can relate to that. I needed that for about six months and I was able to taper off after six months, but it was very necessary for me. And I could tell it was very, very physical. It really had nothing to do with perspective or weakness. It was really a physical situation. And so, you know, there is no moral shame in that any more than there would be shame in any other kind of medicine that we need for our bodies. Our brain is an organ and there is help out there and that is a gift of God. So if you need that, do that. And that can make all the difference sometimes in your experience of the first year of baby. So I do have a follow-up on this that I'm going to do sort of a part to this little list of suggestions was just for the new little mommy bird who is just adjusting to motherhood and so I hope it's been encouraging for you I did pray before I started recording this podcast that God would give me the right words and that hearts of the listeners would be open and encouraged by what I have to say today I mean, isn't it true what Elizabeth Stone said? Making the decision to have a child is momentous. It is to decide forever to have your heart go walking around outside your body. So that's how we're going to pick up on the next podcast, part two of this. And thank you for listening and God bless.